Hi, I'm CM Grover, MD and CEO of IBS Fintech India Private Limited. era of vertical SaaS, which essentially means that instead of building all-purpose Swiss army type of tools, successful companies are building focus tools that are the best in the world for one focused niche. In this episode, your host Akshay Dutt is talking with Mr. C.M. Grover, the MD and CEO of the fintech SaaS company IBS Fintech. IBS Fintech is the perfect example of a successful vertical SaaS company. It is disrupting the space of treasury management by offering a purpose-built SaaS tool that is outcompeting global giants. Treasury management is a supremely important part of the CFO's job and can be the difference between an outperforming company and a laggard. This episode is a masterclass in building SaaS for large traditional companies and outcompeting global giants by being focused. Listen on, and if you like such insightful conversations with disruptive startup founders, then do subscribe to the Founder Thesis podcast on any audio streaming app. So born and brought up in Merit and then came to banking industry through earlier that used to be a, so a banking services recruitment board. They used to appoint probationary officers cadre. So there, there the journey started with that. Prior to this, in so I joined as a probationary officer in Vijaya Bank, a government of India bank. Almost close to 20 years there. Then at one point, particular point of time, I was chief manager there and I quit the bank in 2007 at the peak of the career that time because the growth path was decided, declared, because all my batchmates today are either MD of the government banks or ED of the banks. So they have become that kind of scenario. So in public sector bank, the culture, people join and they don't leave. That was the culture all along. Private sector, it happens. But I quit in 2007 because though I don't belong to Bangalore, but my family was settled in Bangalore. So we couldn't leave. So when bank posted me to Delhi at one particular time, I quit the bank and came back to Bangalore. This is so almost 20 years in Vijay Bank. Then uh, started with a, somebody uh, appointed me as CEO of a real estate company. I went from banking to that side in Bangalore, people who knew me well, because a lot of offers came. People used to say, private sector man sitting in public sector. I used to do business after sitting on the seat of the manager. So that was the thing which that reputation brought me to a level. Then when I quit the bank, there are a number of people who were looking for me. So from real estate, uh, from banking to real estate, and then this uh, IBS opportunity came where all the promoters, they, they approached me since we have developed a product. That time, it was a foreign exchange treasury management system. It's a basic product. It was a totally on-prem desktop-based software, and this is what we have started doing, And but we are not able to reach out to the market. Can you help us out? This was the starting. So ultimately, all of my friends who were senior to me in the bank, so at one point of time, you can't refuse also. So my entry to IBS Fintech in 2011, June, formally, when I joined the board and IBS Fintech. And that was the thing, because one thing was clear, and I spent two years' time to understand product and the market feasibility, acceptability, requirement, whether there's a gap or not. So what was my understanding? Market requires, but nobody takes it. So there's a gap. So traditional way of Forex management across the globe was Microsoft Excel spreadsheets. People used to spend money on buying an ERP, which is close to a million dollar or two, and thinking that is the end of the whole story. 
your automation for the organization is done. The area which was most neglected was the corporate financing, which comes under CFO. And out of that, the treasury management, which people thought uh, when we go, used to go to the market, he say, hey, you need an intelligent decision support system D- uh, CFO. He used to say, Excel is there, no, I get every information. Why do I need a system? So this was the thing. So the more I went to the market and met multiple CFOs, it became clear to me that all this is there. They, are, they don't even know that what they are losing by not having an intelligent decision support system. Because of the Excel, you do not know the accuracy and the integrity of the information what is coming to you on the basis of which you are taking millions of dollars hedges or not uh, or different decisions. So practically, you are saying, I'm managing my risk well, whereas you don't even know your actual risk. So what happens? People, what is treasury? Treasury is the management of their uh, input or output, whatever comes up. People who are in export or import. Suppose somebody imports certain things, somebody exports something. Or people import from China and export to US. That, and they do so the, both the leases, they are doing it. They end up having exposure in foreign currency. Either you are uh, importing in or exporting in dollar or vice versa or in euro. or the, Whenever par- people get into an export or import transaction, they end up having exposure in foreign currency risk. And foreign currency risk, how the market moves. If you go to CNBC, you'll find that rates going here and there after a fraction of a second as far as the currency volatility is concerned. To manage those things, you need uh, there is a function in finance department which manages that all this, this is called treasury operations, where they manage their risks emanating from foreign currency if they are exposed to foreign currency risks. The treasury also, when we say treasury, it also covers the commodity se- sector also. In commodity, people buy iron ore from somewhere else and export it somewhere else. So this is the kind of thing. In, and then commodity market also globally is very volatile. Pricing is different, different location for steel itself. So that commodity also results in an exposure to commodity risk, which has to be managed. That is also a treasury function. Fact of the matter is, treasurers is a rare commodity. It's an elite class. It's such a niche area of function for every corporate or the banks. There are two places where treasury departments are there. One is banks. Whenever you go with your foreign currency to the bank and say, I want to convert it or I want to buy it. In any case, the matter goes to treasury department of the bank. And they manage from the what is the rate going on, what is the rate happening, what is the buying rate, what is the selling rate, what is the cross-currency rate for different currencies. This is what any importer-exporter will go to bank and then they will ultimately that whatever the person goes to the branch has to be managed by the treasury department. So what happens that you can imagine a country of 1.3 billion may not have even 1 lakh. 100,000 treasurers also in the country. But the fact of the matter is none of the bank banks are making big profit in their treasury department functions. And the recent sur- studies emanating in the different media uh, within the country itself, the certain large corporations are making bigger profit by managing their treasury well than their core business because of the underlying transactions, n number of entities and n number of places they are importing or exporting or trading so that is resulting in so many underlying transactions where the treasury, if it is a strong treasury department, treasurers are taking in the international market, they are playing with that money, underlying this thing and making more profit by doing simple trading also. So now in the last five, six years, treasury department of corporate has 
become a profit center and strategic unit. That is the third scenario where the when we say treasury management system, it takes care of it can be a forex management, it can be a commodity treasury exposure management, or it can be a money market operations where people have excess cash and they keep investing in different kind of instruments. FD, mutual fund, alternate investments, bonds, artifacts, real estate, VC, or private equity, or PMS equities. So this is called money market treasury operations. For As far as we at IBS FinTech, we have complete suite of treasury management system. Means it takes care of FX, foreign exchanges, it takes care of commodity, it, can, it takes care of money market operations, all interest rate derivatives, all these things we manage. It's a highly domain-centric area. Not everybody can become treasurer, not everybody can, every company can become a treasury management solution provider in the globe. This is where we come from. I went door to door to sell the product. Basically, Akshay, at IBS FinTech, we were not selling a product. We were doing two sales. One, to sell a concept, to educate people. Hey, you need an intelligent decision server system, otherwise somebody else is making money in the globe who has got this thing. You are losing money in that. If, because money saved is money earned. So if you are able to manage your risk better or mitigate your risk better, you tend to make money or you at least save money for your organization. So this is the piece you are educating the people. And the second piece was, if at all the CFO gets convinced, okay, yeah, you should have a system, then don't look at the global big players. Look at the roadside company, IBS Fintech. So this is how the journey was. So what was understood by us was go-to-market. People used to like the product, okay. But nobody used to bet, uh, was ready to bet on you because we were not having any credentials. So that gave us the idea that let us build the credential for the company as well as the product. So that resulted in a scenario that we focused on one particular opportunity in the market. Almost that time, it was eight, nine months efforts. And we cracked our first beta launch, we call it, our, of our product, where we got first full-fledged commercial deal. And that was the largest media house of the country, Times of India Group. So they bought from us. They, the treasury had decided uh, no SAP, no SunGuard, no this thing. All global big players for their Bennett and Coleman Group. When they are taking a treasury software, they are not buying because you sell cheap or he sells big brand. They spend forex because they import newsprint. They don't export. Export is minimal. So they decided to go with us. And that was the time when post that had started turning means then we saw next year snap deal snap deal that time it was a billion dollar funded company in 2014 i'm talking then they wanted a money market model you asked me that cash rich company how they manage the so cash they were cash rich that time a billion dollar funds are lying with them and they had to they need to invest to manage their investments they wanted a software and they asked us can you do you have we said no they said can you develop this yes because we are bankers we are ex-bankers we have worked in treasury so they said can you show us how the workflow of fd happens proof of concept so we did in three four days time because all bankers we need nobody needs to tell us what is the process or workflow of a fixed deposit so we showed them and they ultimately called us to delhi the cfo was mr akash mundra i still remember who is the cfo for PayU, global cfo for naspers one of the top 10 funds in the globe and fortunately he is in our advisory board also today so he gave us time that 90 days i want because a lot of startups they run away so we said no we are bank we are bankers will not run away give us and 60 days we implemented that product basically we developed a new module in the product so this is the way the evolution of the product and the company started only for forex this only for money and then 2015 16 saw future group coming in 
where they wanted their vendor bill discounting and all to be automated that particular time. Ultimately, the supply chain discounting or cash management is all treasury functions. They're offshoot of treasury only because ultimately cash is managed here. How much is to be used and how much bank limit to be used, how much own money should be used, how much discount we should get so that we make money out of that as a company. So this is what we started doing. So this is the journey and the major breakthrough came for the company post that uh, there was no looking back. Akshay was in 2017 when India's largest automaker decided to go with us, Maruti Suzuki. When India's largest family office, the SCL Corporation, the Shivanathas family office, decided to go with us for their investment portfolio management. When Sonalika Tractor, the international tractor, the largest tractor exporter of the company family office decided to go with us and Mahindra and Mahindra, they decided to automate their complete workflow bank guarantees, uh, which was in hundreds of numbers every day by us. So that was the major breakthrough as far as milestone, you can say, of IBS Fintech's history. After that, it is these five years, you remove these two years of uh, COVID, Practically for in last three years of this thing, we are a thing to reckon in the country as on date. 2017 was the turning point when all these four big names came to us. And in the country, people started looking at us for the treasury automation. If you see 17 to 22, two years of COVID has gone. So practically three years. So this journey, this time, and 2017 also saw E&Y joining us for implementing two places, two different places. Normally, these big fours, they become implementation partners for all global big players. But they opted us. And they also brought in a commodity client, which was a North End Food Marketing, a Sohanlal and Company's offshoot, commodity trading company. So that became, that was the, again, next level of the product where we developed a treasury module for our one client. And then 18, 19 saw a lot of names coming in. Cora Mandal, Indofil and then GSW Steel, largest steel maker. So today, when we are here, India's largest steel maker on our software, India's largest automaker on our software, India's largest media house on our software. So practically in the last five years, minus two years, in the last three years, we have reached where, as I told you, the largest automaker to largest steel maker to largest media house to largest commodity trading company, e-com company, AC company, Polycap, all these people, fertilizer, chemical. So today, within the country, in this particular space, which is a niche space, where only global big players are available, we made our mark and ensured that none of the global big players is able to get a foot in the country in this space for the corporate sector. Help me understand what is the competition like? Who are the kind of companies who provide this solution of treasury management? Treasury management, globally, there are a handful of companies like Kairiva, SunGuard, which is now called FIS Fidelity and Eon and some Reval. There are certain companies in the globe, including certain ERP providers like SAP. They provide some treasury, basic module for treasury. So if you, the space we are into, Akshay is very niche, not even 30, 40 companies across the globe in this space. So you practically, if you see companies on in ERP providers in the globe, there'll be at least five to 10,000 companies in the globe. If you say core banking solution, which is for banking industry, there will be at least 5,000 companies in the globe. But if you Google today, treasury management solution companies, hardly 40, 50 you'll get. And practically 50% will be defunct, not even a single client. So the whole game 
is the market is divided that among these 10 12 15 companies does the treasury management system change depending on the country where it is being used is it a very very country specific product or is it a global product no it's a global product because treasury management system is that if you are cash rich you have to invest so investment instruments may change due to some geographies but fundamentally the whole process and workflow remains the same same as the case foreign exchange Foreign exchange is foreign exchange. Means it is already international. So whether you are in Cambodia or you are in US or you are in India, because the foreign exchange deals are happening cross country only. So the the product per se, what we have proved that it's a geography agnostic and the sector agnostic, right? From family office to manufacturing, from commodity to trading, e-com to any fertilizer, everybody has gone with us. We proved as a company that we are sector agnostic as well as geography agnostic. We have clients in Singapore, UK, Nigeria, Switzerland, other than India. So that is the thing which is becoming a big shot in the arm. So essentially, a treasury management system would have one part of it would be record keeping, right? What what was purchased at what price or if somebody is put money in an FT, then what is the renewal date of the FT or things like that? What else goes into making a treasury management system besides the record? See, there are two things. One is maintaining the record. Another is you getting a real-time information because we connect with the ERP. We connect with data service providers like Thomson, Arter, Bloomberg. We connect with bank. So the information system, one is you get real-time information system. Two, you, get, you enter into a connected ecosystem. You need not do what information from ERP, take out some, somebody will bring that Excel and prepare that. If it has to be sent to the bank, you are sending documents attached with that. Then they are checking and it, next day they are giving so that it's becoming real time. Plus what is happening as far as the market data service providers, these people will give you information, currency movements, equity movements, or a movement in the prices of commodities or the money market instruments, what is happening there. So connected ecosystem collating and providing a single point of truth by giving you a complete picture of your different vertical operations or geography operation or number of banks operations and third is you get a real-time information where and now you're suppose you are a corporate and your board risk policy says at any point of time 60 percent of my exposure should be hedged so that i will keep i'll keep my position safe if dollar moves this side or that side i might as an exporter i'm safe 40 percent to keep it open suppose i have taken a view it will go up and it goes down then i should be able to make profit out of that also so this now you have done that 40 percent 60 percent or not how will you come to know till you have information you have covered it today you came to know the data was 20 days old so this is the thing so one is real-time information. If you know that is, then only you can mitigate that is or manage that is or make money out of that. Two, you have to have a collation of the informations. Three, it should be connected ecosystem. Everything should be digital. No, shouldn't be any human dependency in your functioning of corporate finance. Or that is the new thing come, has come up, which we used to educate people. The COVID has given that education to all the people. You need to have a intelligent, connected real-time system in place so it was not only record keeping what i told you we, we provide single point of truth by quality information we provide a connected ecosystem also we provide the real-time information that people can manage their risk or hedge their positions like that so this is the thing which is a lot of analytics about the past history or what could be that then people can take a call based on those ai built analytics where we can decide how the market may throw some surprises not kind of predictive that is the thing which is yet to come in by connecting to the external data providers like thomson reuters so this basically then means that in one dashboard the user can also 
get information about predicted price movements or whatever uh, information sources that they generally see in many different windows, they can see in one window. Yeah, yeah. that's a collated distinct dashboards are there for treasurers, for CFOs, for CXOs. All these things uh, is part of the treasury management system. And definitely they come to know if uh, with their open position, how much P&N profit or loss they're running, how to how they can manage it to reduce the loss, what way uh, currency is moving. So all these things are, these comes in their dashboards or if some stakeholders want to alert, if this movement of currency happens like this, I should get the alert so that the, the, I can take care of my positions. All these things are part of the trade. And by connecting to bank, it shows you real-time cash flows or like what is the, the money in FDs or things. Yeah, bank connecting with banks is a new phenomenon, which is happening post-COVID. Now API connectivity is happening. We had done this for Future Group in 2018 by connecting their vendor bill discounting, real-time mobile apps and all. Now this comes under supply chain. Bank connectivity has got multiple things. One is getting the balances in the transaction statement online, real-time. So they need not uh, wait for uh, that uh, statement to come tomorrow and all these things. And we pick up those data and populate in the system and people can come to know what is their cash position as of now. The other piece is that you can ignite payments directly from the software itself to the banks. Okay? Do these, these, these payments to this, this, this places. That is another thing. The other things comes like your documentary, right? Like LC, bank guarantees, bias credit. All these documentary credit can become or build discounting can go to bank in a digital mode on a real instant basis. So these are the things which are becoming in thing now and ask for every corporate and the banks also because it is reducing manpower involvement, reducing mistake errors and all these things and making decision it's the output becomes very fast. Got it. And what is the value of connecting with ERP? What information comes into the system through the ERP? ERP is the major backbone of any corporation. ERP means suppose somebody sells or buys. Means that information comes to ERP only. So our system, TMS, will pick up the PORSO from the ERP. On the basis of that, either LC or uh, export LC or import LC or any such kind of transaction or cash flow or what is your future projections with regard to payments or receipts, AR or AP, all these things are captured from here and picked up from the ERP because that is the backbone of the company. So essentially, this is for a CFO, they would need only two solutions. One would be an accounting solution and one would be a treasury solution. And you are the one-stop shop for the treasury solution for a CFO. Correct. We are the one-stop shop for treasury, risk, trade finance, supply chain, and cash cash and liquidity management system. So practically, the things which are not done in ERP, almost most of the corporate finance functions we automate. We provide those solutions. It can be a bundle of product or it can be an individual module. You can take only FX management system and later decide for LC and bank guarantees or vice versa. Or you can take an integrated product. So post-COVID scenario is that corporates have started asking for the integrated system and they do not want multiple vendors. For LC this, for cash that, for FX somebody else. So that positioning of IBS FinTech is unique in the market because none of the treasury management solution provider or the ERP provider can claim this everything in under one roof. That has become our ESV. How is it priced? Is it on like turnover of company on that basis or on number of users or like what is the mechanism? Of- Basically, we it is not as per the turnover of the company as of now. So large global corporations, companies, they sell as per that. But we sell as per the license pricing only. So there are two models. One is on-prem means people want that uh, software should be installed in my server 
because they are very possessive of their data. But the in thing is a cloud SaaS model. So we have both the options available for people who corporate who wants that it should be in my database. We give that on-prem solution, which is one-time fee, and then it goes to annual maintenance charges. And the other model is SaaS, uh, the cloud-based product, which is majorly mid and emerging corporate and for the international market, basically, because internationally, trades have grown and they are more mature and there are global players who are providing a SaaS model of treasury. So acceptability is better in the global market. And plus, it is not in a CapEx model, it's an OPEX model. You pay, use, or monthly you pay, or yearly you pay, that kind of thing. So that product also we have uh, launched along with Thomson Reuters. That now it is called London Stock Exchange Group. <laughs> now their name is changed of Thomson Reuters to LSEC, they call themselves. So this is how things are. And is there only one pricing tier, like license fees uh, that you charge for subscription? Uh, normally, it's a modular pricing. People ask one module, it will be different. They ask multiple module pricing will be added up. And because if they, somebody taking a bundle thing, it will be little differently priced. As far as SaaS product is concerned, it's the same cloud product. It's And what is the pricing or what is your turnover like? You know, give me some uh, idea about how profitable is the company. Company is profitable, but we, as of yesterday, means I should say last year, we were close to a million dollars, but this year we should be at least five to seven X because the way our global expansions are happening. Today, Thomson Auto is marketing our product bundle with their product. Oracle has decided to market our product along with their ERP globally. Plus, a lot of big force are coming into market this thing. So that post-COVID, the traction in the market, including global market, is very high. We are more busy in hiring people then getting contracts. The product which used to, we used to sell in the market, now it's the other way around. Inquiries are coming directly to us, which normally doesn't happen in B2B space. And have you taken any external funds or it has been bootstrapped? It's practically, it's a bootstrap company. Almost close to 80% is held by promoters and remaining between staff and few angel investors who have seen your face and given the money like that. They wanted to be part of the journey. So practically, now we are out for formal fundraise after reaching this level. And what do you need funds for? We need funds to scale up the operation globally to enhance the product as well as the technology, whatever new technologies are coming in, whether it's a blockchain or building more features of AI powered or ML and RPA, all these things are covering the peripheral areas of the related pieces of corporate finance, which are not yet developed, completely product migrating the product to web-based, making it SaaS product. So all these things, and plus major thing is infrastructure and global branding and all. That will be the purpose of this fundraise activity. Give me an example of what a customer journey is, say, when Maruti or Mahindra approached you, what was the journey? How long does the implementation take? And help me understand how you onboard a customer. Onboarding is, first thing is to convince him that he has to buy the software. So that was, that time, it was a challenging task. But good part was, yes, when we you hear a statement from Maruti, as we had that time, for the last seven and a half years, we are searching for a software. We have seen all global big pairs, nothing suited our requirement, only you. So that gives you a, big comfort that yes we are on the right track that we are able to convince the client that for your needs we are the solution 
what we do, we don't change their processes. We accommodate their processes. Any SAP or Oracle coming in, they will say, you have to make the entries like this. My workflow is like this. Whereas we had been agile as a product that we started adopting their, accommodating their processes, which was the one of the key responses. Other part was that promoters, up to promoter level, including the tech teams are highly domain literate in the sense they are they understand what you speak. So that was another piece wherein the corporate clients, the treasury people, they need not deal with salespeople. They were dealing people who understand their what they work they do and how it has to be converted into a software. So that took time. Though Marathi took a lot of time to decide because they went for almost six months for different, different departments started seeing different, different demos. Somebody wanted to see Bagnaretti, somebody wanted to see FX, somebody wanted to see. So this is the team's. And Maruti was a different story altogether, wherein once Treasury Department decided to go with us, this board has told some other vendor you see after decision was taken. So then he said, what to do? I told, I don't know what to do. It's your company. But the only thing you can do, you can talk to their four clients. You can talk to my four clients. You'll come to know what is market standing. Though we were quite nascent that time, but our all the four gave a positive. They're all the four gave a negative. So we were there in the big. Then Maruti, the CTO said, this kind of implementation IBS FinTech has never done of our size of the company. How to go about it? How, why we should bet on this company who has not done any implementation of Maruti Suzuki size? So Maruti Suzuki is bigger than Suzuki. So that piece wherein, wherein Maruti Suzuki Treasury had decided, he asked what to do. I said, you start with one module. So he convinced his top management, okay, we start with one most stabilized money market module and then move forward. So they took in sequence all the product. So this is how things happened. But yes, it was a good experience today. Maruti Suzuki is a spokesperson in the market for us. Yeah, yeah. if you have that as a like a testimonial from Maruti Suzuki is immensely powerful. Our All the existing clients are our spokesperson in the market. You can talk to any without us also. So this is a thing which we have earned and we ensured as a promoter to maintain it at the ground level so that people are always satisfied and taken care kind of thing is as far as the support of the existing client is concerned. So you said that you don't force people to follow your workflow, but you customize it as per their existing workflow. So that would mean a little more implementation time because you every time you sign on a customer, you will need to understand their workflows and then you'll need to do whatever one-time setup. You're right. I think in treasury departments, mostly, not processes not very different from corporate to corporate. There are differences. Some uh, people de- decide, okay, once I, my, I issue the purchase order, my LC foreign exchange exposure starts. Some people say when LC is issued. So there are certain things which are normally, which will not be, JSW will do differently and Maruti may do differently. That happens. But having said that, the product suite is highly parameterized. So instead of doing customization more, we have to do configuration of the existing system more. So we have taken multiple scenarios based on our experience at different clients. Yes, initially it was a task, but when we look back today, after doing 50 implementation and more than 200 entities implementation, almost close to every scenario has been captured and parameterized in the system. So that has resulted that we are in a position to do implementation very fast today. We had done the fastest in 25, 30 days time also in FX. If people, so people may ask certain different reports and all, so that may take a little more time. Otherwise, uh, normally it is very fast now. There was a time, if you go six years back, when you had to build those kind of functionalities or features or parameters in the system. But the basic structure of the com- product was that it, it was very much configurable and parameterized. So you said EY came on as an implementation partner. Would that mean that uh, this like three, four week implementation time will be 
owned by them like they will do the configuration or are they more of a sales partner where they will provide you customers see it can be they are a consulting company so in these two cases they joined us as an implementation partner what implementation technical we but functional they come up this they tell the client because client also says that you know our processes what way we work ensure that ibs fintech implements like that so that and they bring in certain knowledge also no doubt about that large uh, globally established consulting companies so that piece it was not in isolation sale sale is a byproduct they bring in four four five companies and this is this people can do better job for you and the corporate says oh, hey i would prefer you only get it implemented and how big is your tech team now what is your headcount as an organization now headcount i think uh, as on yesterday should be 52 we are hiring another 52 so tech team 90% is techies so which includes core developers uh, testers project managers and support staff so that is the thing so roughly 7 8 people are who are non techies in the company okay they would be like in sales and pre sales and some kind of business analyst and all kind of things where do you see ibs fintech in the next 5 years what's your 5 year vision 5 year plan so 5 year plan and vision is that we should be a truly global company 5 years is too much for that actually we should be there we are already in the global market today we have created a partnership ecosystem where oracle is marketing us certain big fours are signing partnership global partnership with us uh, who will market our product ex- across the globe thomson reuters has decided to uh, they started the asean region oracle started the jpac region now everybody is expanding their whole space to global market very few players in the globe very few players and it's a highly domain centric and more than 90% of the corporate strategy functions across the globe are on spreadsheets so see that opportunity available in the market sir white space available so we definitely see if we go to the five years plan we intend to be a billion dollar revenue company in five years and one of the top two in the globe and definitely the way people are aligning with us whether it's in the board or the support structure we intend to be listed outside somewhere in this five years so this year you're saying that you're expecting 5 6 million top line so you would be looking at a tripling every year something like that like a 3x growth each year so we are expecting the way because i told you it's it has been a bootstrap company practically so this time we are raising this uh, uh, series a growth capital kind of thing series a round for around 15 to 20 million dollar around uh, close to 20 million dollar 15 to 20 million so that will give us a different impetus in the shot in the arm for the purpose of uh, scaling up the operations so ibs fintech post uh, funding is looking to grow 8 to 10x in next 3 years post funding so because there is a huge opportunity available and we have a ready product we have a on prem as well as saas product we are migrating the complete product in opex model and we have set up the partnership ecosystem who are global partners we are also have in house teams which are uh, able to sell plus uh, market credentials when you coming out of the in- india and go to the global market india market is uh, india is the sweetest spot in the world for business doing business every global biggie wants to come to india not everybody is able to come to india and if every uh, the people who come to india they are not ev- not everybody is successful there so after going after capturing that market and having that credential where you lead the market you go to the outer world the reception to us is entirely different we are treated with lot of respect and that's why a lot of funds are talking to us today for this particular thing we are expecting in this financial year the money should flow in and the situation post that is that the fund is for scale up the operations definitely because we have 
understood the opportunities and the huge opportunity across the globe. Money is more outside India, no doubt about that. You are aware of that. And people are ready. They are more mature markets. And they, so that is where we are thinking that next three years post-funding, the growth of IBS should be, IBS fintech should be, then uh, it will start planning post that will be at least eight to 10x, at least for a few years. What is your average revenue per customer currently? And I'm assuming once you go global. In India, average revenue for current year should be almost uh, in rupee thing, one crore. And globally, how much would that grow to once you are more global? So it should be um, because it will be in SaaS model. SaaS product will be, be multi times of this. Customer. What could go wrong? What are the risk factors? If you, know, I mean, if you look at IBS fintech as an investment opportunity, then obviously there is a bullish scenario and there is a bear scenario. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? What the only difference between us and any of the startup is that we are an established company. Product is mature, so we can never imagine that you will be in a monopolistic situation always. So go wrong wise, we have crossed that bridge where we should be scared what may go wrong because. Product is IP protected resource because we are funded. Your people have there is no attrition in the company in the last five years. The people are here for the last. So people are bonded and tied up with the company. That piece has been taken care by the promoters. So it can so happen that uh, there may be many companies popping up, or tomorrow TCS may decide to enter in there. But the fact of the matter is, it's highly domain centric. If somebody can develop this product, he may take two years. By that time, we will be some sap. So we are not capturing anybody else's market. We are so people will have their pie in the market because if it is a couple of trillion dollar market, then we are not asking more than a billion in the next five years. Post COVID scenario is that business also is thronging for a very side. We are when we are talking, we are sitting on a close to three hundred pipeline deals as on date, whereas any B two B space company can do three, four, five deals in a year. So this is the where we are. We have become choosy about the clients. Where should we do first? So that is a scenario. I don't think in the next near future. So we are closely monitoring and the tightly knit company, flat structure. So that all gives that we are, we are as a promoter also, our antennas are up here. We have ground level information, what is happening, clients. So all these things together, minimal charges that something drastically can go wrong in next few years. To which can shake the foundation of the company. That that bridge we have already got. You said there were six founders who had started this from Vijay Bank. What are their roles? Are they actively? There were 10 founders initially. So in 2013, I took it over the company along with Mr. Manjunath. And so 2012, I think it was the thing. And so you, you have a majority stake currently. Okay, amazing, amazing. Okay. And how old are you? Now 62. So, like, how long do you see yourself running IBS FinTech? What next for you? Well, I'll run it for a definitive five years. You want to hit the billion dollars? Uh, now, see, now, now people are uh, coming, a lot of people coming into the system. It means people are queued up from large companies of the globe to join IBS FinTech. And they, everybody is looking, okay, they will look at uh, what kind of ESOP policy we'll have. People are ready to take one, I mean, 60, 60% cut in their salary in coming to IBS FinTech. So that kind of scenario. So complete planning is there right from CTO to every level to see those things are already in place. We'll take it to the next level, definitely. One vision we'll complete. Let us see next what happens. What is your global expansion strategy? Global expansion strategy, we have already reached to ASEAN region. 
along with the partnership of uh, LSEG, London Stock Exchange Group, which is Thomson Reuters. And the thing is, and we have marketing majorly our SaaS product, cloud-based product in the global market, which is uh, for which players are available and market is mature. Same way, Oracle has decided to position our product along with their ERP, which is a cloud ERP, and they don't have treasury in that. So they lose out against competitors like SAP. So if we are together, our, our this in cloud infrastructure is Oracle. So certain big forces are coming in. We are in. We are setting up a subsidiary in US, Singapore, and Dubai in this financial year. So these are the things which are going big way. This is how things are as on today. Yeah, you are hiring a sales team for these countries. We are hiring sales team. We are hiring. I told you, a 52 uh, member company is hiring another 52 people at least in this current financial year. Whether we are funded or not, we need people because we have a lot of business coming, incoming business. So we have to execute that and maintain that. I believe you are coming up with a product called Venzi. Can you tell me about that? Venzi is the, we used to have vendor built discounting products, which we had developed five years, four years back for future group. But today the market is such that a lot of people coming in with the supply chain product in the market, platforms and all these things. In our case, our existing corporate clients have approached us that can we have a product in this thing, which resulted in a scenario that we upgraded our product, which was provided to future group for supply chain altogether. And that product has been recently launched by us. And the interesting piece is to market that product, we need not go outside in the market. Our existing client requires that. And ultimately, supply chain is a function of treasury. You can you understand this uh, in the beginning also, you acknowledge this. Supply chain finance is a treasury function. And no supply chain provider except Cariba in the globe can uh, provide treasury management solution also with their supply chain platform. We are the only one after Cariba in the globe. So that is giving us an edge. So our existing clientele who are happy and satisfied and using our tre- treasury management solution and they are large corporates and they have vendors. So they have, we provide them anchor-based models with one portal for the vendors and connectivity to the banks. So all these things together, they can use their funds, they can use banks funds, they can use, we can also bring in a lot of lenders also in the picture. So with all these features, a complete product, we, are, we may be a late entrant officially in the market, but we are the mature entrant in the whole thing. This is what we can claim in this space. This would be a competitor to something like a Vayana, basically. I would not name it. These are the platforms which are available in the market. So, they, 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 yes, definitely we will be competing. This would allow, like, the vendors who are supplying, this would allow them to upload their invoices and then get a quote. Uh, invoices and they get the quote from there. Too. That uh, you can get 96% right away. Means those are the things. We will provide certain features which are more than what is available in the market today. You will do the credit underwriting here of the... Everything. That also is being grading. Everything is being provided in that system. And also integration with the uh, different government platforms also it is happening in this case. So that is... What government platform? Like like uh, whatever government has told for MSME, SMEs, whatever platforms they have made, we will give you our integration with that also, whether RXL or A-Trades and all these things. A-Trade and all what platform government has given for msme we can do integration with that also so corporate uh, certain vendors who are coming to a trade can also take the benefit of this particular what is a trade sorry I, I i'm not aware of that these are the platforms for msme government has given license to and one more where msme can discount their bills ultimately vendors can be msme also so these are the yes most of them will be msmes yes so practically what edge we are giving an edge to anchor as well as vendors and connectivity to the banks all these things together and the uh, option for a lending institution to participate means anchor-based financing also 
all these things are possible so uh, essentially this would be a, a closed loop like one company and one set of vendors for that one company and the company can use its treasury to offer bill discounting to those vendors or it will be like a open marketplace as of now it will be anchor based model to in the phase one but it can so happen that there could be multiple anchors also and that brings us to the end of this conversation i want to ask you for a favor now did you like listening to the show i'd love to hear your feedback about it do you have your own startup ideas i'd love to hear them do you have questions for any of the guests that you heard about in this show i'd love to get your questions and pass them on to the guests write to me at ad@thepodium.in at that's ad@thepodium.in at